0: amen and amen if you have your bibles i invite you to take them and turn with me to romans chapter three this morning we continue on in our study book of romans the time for truth is now a large text i think we can work our way through it verses 21 through verse 31 is what we will consider this morning welcome those of you that are here personally welcome to those that are virtually gathering online we miss having you here and look forward to when things get back to normal again so everyone can be together i was struck with the prayer request and the testimony from the croakers this morning how many people how many times is this going to be your first response you almost get broken into, and the first response is just think if that crook were to come to know Jesus. Now, I don't know if that's always my first response, and I think it's with that idea that we have to remember a promise. Even, even like 2020 ends, 2021 begins, and well, it's still like it's not perfect. doesn't feel like it's perfect yet, does it? How about a promise that the Croakers didn't quote, but they showed us that all things, all things work together for good to those who love God and call it according to his purpose. Do you realize that a pandemic can work together at some level for our good when we sing about and know that our hope is in one and in one alone? I was just struck by the faithfulness of the Croaker family. Continue to pray for them and our other missionary families as well. Okay, here's our goal. As I said the last um, couple weeks, Romans chapter 3 deals primarily with one subject. It is focused on the righteousness of God. And I've preached one message, but broken it into three parts. If you remember the standard, the righteousness of God, the dilemma, the unrighteousness of man. And today we'll consider what I call the solution, righteousness through faith, in Christ Jesus. So we'll really have one goal for us this morning. And what we're going to do is going to read our text and we're going to pray and dig into it. Here's here's our one goal this morning. So it's going to take a little bit of effort on your part so that we together understand. Our goal is accomplished when we together understand God's righteousness that has been imputed Upon us, that is something that is unbelievable value, uh, is now declared as our own when we put our faith and trust in Christ alone. It's the process of justification we're going to talk about this morning. So there's a lot of terms there, but that's our one goal that we get a better understanding of God's righteousness having been imputed to us who do not deserve it, thus declaring us justified. Justified. Our text is lengthy, as I said. We begin in verse 21 of Romans chapter 3. We'll read down through the end of the chapter, verse 31. Here it is. But now, all of this long, difficult, dark journey we've been on, but now, the righteousness of God has been manifested apart from the law. but by the law of faith for we hold that one is justified by faith apart from works of the law or is god the god of jews only is he not the god of gentiles also yes of gentiles also since god is one who will justify the circumcised by faith and the uncircumcised through faith do we then overcome the law by this faith by no means on the contrary We uphold the law. You're thinking, what did we just read? Praise God, there is a Holy Spirit. And he teaches us and he speaks to us through his word. And we're going to hear from the Lord this morning. Would you bow your heads and pray with me? Father, we do come thanking you and praising you, trusting and knowing that our hope is in you and you alone. We thank you, Lord, for sustaining us through the gates of a new year. And yet, Lord, there still seems at some level to be a sense of weightiness, of heaviness. Father, and so this morning we just, we cast ourselves into your care. Knowing that you receive us, that you love us, that you have justified us through our faith in the work of Jesus, Father, I pray. Um, I pray for people that are struggling specifically this morning. Our dear sister Christy Strope with the loss of her sister, unexpected. I just pray for comfort. She would sense that the body of believers surrounds her and supports her and loves her and prays for her. And she would sense your closeness. I pray for others, Lord, that are anxious, just anxious, and, and we don't really know why. You're the father of mercies and the God of all comfort who comforts us so we can be a comfort to others. And we ask that you administer to hearts and to souls. This morning with your word before us and a heavy text, I ask humbly for clarity of thought and mind and speech that you would be heard, that you would be glorified, and that we, your children, would come away with a better understanding of how your righteousness works, having been given to us through faith, and faith alone. May you speak open our ears to hear we ask this in jesus name amen there is there is so much in this text that is not just good news it's it's needed it's necessary good news for us and what i do oftentimes when i read a text of scripture it's linked like this and there's a lot in it i begin to kind of highlight different things and mark and circle and uh, underline let me draw your attention to the word faith you you counted it correctly if you counted eight times eight times in these 11 verses the word faith is used five times the word justify or justify justifier is mentioned four times the word righteousness is used one time the word propitiation is used if you claim to know anything this morning of orthodox biblical christianity you will know that words like this faith and righteousness are our absolute base if you know anything about the word of god you're like they're they're important or maybe this is what this is the first sunday of the year it's new year so you're like i'm going to start off fresh i'm going to come to church and so you're brand new and you hear these words for the first time These are the words that you will learn are the foundation of our hope. These words, this doctrine before us, is what I call the reason we rejoice. The reason we get up on a cold, snowy day and sing loud. This is the reason that we rejoice. Righteousness revealed, number one. Here it is, in verse 21 we read this phrase, the law and the prophets bear witness to it. Now if we go back a little bit, and I can't take too much time, but if you were to review, it's been dark and heavy and even foreboding by design, but now the righteousness of God has been manifested. Remember we talked about the fact that it's the darkest of nights that brings the brightest of lights. So there's no need for good news unless there is bad news and there has been some bad news sin and death and punishment and judgments but all of that bad news has been dealt with once and once for all the author the Apostle Paul is writing to the church in Rome who clearly they have some some struggles going on in understanding the doctrine of salvation particularly what is necessary to be saved and so what Paul is doing is he's setting the record straight here He's making it very, very clear, very straightforward, very simple. And he writes, but now the righteousness, what is that? That is what being declared just before a holy God has been manifested. It's a big word. It simply means has been made known. Go back in history books. Remember the town crier, hear ye, hear ye, hear ye. And everyone would gather that's how things was, were made known. That's how things were manifested. Fast forward 100 years and you have a newspaper boy running around. What? Read all about it. Read all about it. It's news being made known or manifested. Today, we what? We manifest. We make known via social media. Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, instant message, TikTok, Marco Polo. We got news. We got big news. And we got to let people know about it. Just had a peppermint latte. Had, had whipped cream on it. And there's candy sprinkles on it. I got to let people know this. I'm going to take a picture of this. And I'm going to manifest this. I'm going to make this known so everyone can see my peppermint latte. Big news. No. Sorry. That's not big news. Big news is generally announced beforehand. The bigger the news, the longer the lead time. Remember that. Bigger the news, the longer the lead time. When you're looking forward, there's going to be a a vaccination out six months from now, three months from now. There's going to be a vaccination out two months from now, one month, two weeks. It's almost here. It's here. Well, it's not here fast enough. How big, how big would news have to be that was announced, say, a thousand years ago? Would you say that's 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 pretty big news? A thousand years we've been waiting for this. Consider what is happening here. The law and the prophets bear witness. Of it, how, how about, let's just go to Job. Some would consider what? Some would argue the most ancient of Old Testament books. And, and Job asked probably the most pressing, important question that is possible for a human being to ask. Job chapter 9 and verse 2. He says this, How can a man be in the right before God? How in the world, would be my translation in, in parenthetical statement, how in the world can man be made right before God? The answer to that question not only is needed, but it has been building. And it has building. Actually, go back, it's been building since Adam and Eve fell into sin. We know that thankfully the law revealed what? The importance of obedience as a follower of God. But the prophets clarified something. The prophets prophesied saying what? There's only one who could ever keep the law. Look for him. Over and over and over again. Look for him. Long for him. Isaiah, Jeremiah, Zephaniah, Zechariah, they all speak of this one. Look for him. I think Micah, remember little Micah back at the back in the very, very end? I think he actually summarizes perfectly. When he announced the coming of a shepherd king who would arise from what? Little Bethlehem, saying, and I love this, he shall be their peace. Micah chapter 5. Look for him. Thousand plus years long for him because he will be their peace. I reminded people just this week don't look to other people don't look to the government for any other kind of what? Help for you salvation for you. It's not going to come. He will be your peace. The, long has, the world has long been ready for the righteousness of Jesus as it has been revealed. So you will what? So you will hear it. So you'll see it. So you'll be ready for it. Righteousness revealed secondly, and this is where we pause this morning. This is righteousness applied. Through faith, we read in verse 22, "Through faith in Jesus Christ, for all who believe, why for all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God, and are justified by His grace as a gift. Through redemption that is in Christ Jesus. Now it's one thing we know to hear good news. We all love good news. Like, hey, baby was born, good news. But it's totally different when it's good news that is specifically geared for you. We all rejoice, baby was born, wonderful. It's totally different. Doesn't mean that your baby's ugly. It's different when what? Our baby was born. See the difference? Good news is a good thing. Good news when it's applied directly to you is a great thing. Our little little grandkids they love to receive mail. So Papa and Mimi send mail and like it's always has to be in like a bright yellow envelope or a bright neon green envelope and as soon as they get to the mailbox, okay? It's like bow. So, when they were visiting over Christmas, like, Papa, can we check the mail? And I'm like, Yeah, but probably not a lot of stuff action happening in this mailbox. Just to let you know. Sure enough, put his boots on and we trucked out to the mailbox and opened it up. And he looks at, you know, whenever he sees a little window in the envelope, Papa, this is big people mail. And I don't want this. We'll take that. See, it's totally different when it's when it's for you, as well, that's just big people mail. That's kind of the idea what's happening. God has revealed the perfect gift. And it's not only a gift that fits you perfectly, but it's a gift that is needed. How many times have you said, okay, kids, let's go to the library, so make sure you put your life jacket on. Uh, that's not what we do. We don't need a life jacket. you only need a life jacket when you're going out in the boat or on the water same idea what there's no need for a savior unless you need to be saved from something and we are reminded what all have sinned and fall short all have sinned and fall shorts if you if you attend big West bible church for like longer than two weeks and you hear this phrase like all have sinned and fall short i know what you're thinking i got it got it enough already stop wait there's still a problem here and there's still a problem for me and for all of us and this is the problem whenever we hear about the fact that we sin and we fall short, the problem is this you always think the other guy's sin is worse than your own that's the problem and that's why we have to stay on this subject All, that means I fall short of God's glory. There is none righteous, no, not one. Therefore, the importance of words that we read, what? Through faith, by faith, of faith. I mean, you can't describe faith in any other way. He's coming at it literally from every single angle. Through faith, by faith, of faith in Jesus if you take notes write this down the only means of justification is through the only one who is completely just remember that the only means of justification is through the only one who is completely just Since we know, we celebrate this at Christmas, the incarnate Son of God is the only one who ever came to this earth and lived an entire life without sinning. Therefore, our hope that we just sang about must be in Him and Him alone. How can we know this? There's still a distance between I've heard it, I've heard it, I've read it, but it doesn't seep deep. Like, how, do, how do I know this? How does this seep deep? Go back. Days of the early church. The disciples were given a message and they began to preach this message and there was, there was a buzz. There was a buzz and it's an understatement. They turned the world upside down. There was a buzz about this truth. Justification, What? By faith alone and Christ alone. And as, as the apostles what, and, and the, the early church leaders were preaching and teaching about this, people got really upset. Take, take one time in Acts chapter 4. Peter and John had been literally arrested because they healed a lame man. They actually did something good and they got arrested because it says that they didn't just heal a lame man. It says that they were preaching Jesus Christ and Jesus Christ crucified. doesn't matter if the guy who was crippled all his entire life now walks. What, what the, the religious elites were upset about was the fact that they were preaching That there's salvation in only one. And there's nothing you had to do other than place your faith in this one. And so what happened is that as as John and, and Peter are literally chained before the rulers and the scribes and the elders, they're asked this question, by what power the apostles are asked this question: What name did you do this in? Not just speaking about the 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 lame one who was healed, but this one that you're preaching about. How how do you have such boldness in doing this? Acts chapter four. The, the entire story is eight through verse twelve, but I don't have time to read it. But listen, listen to some of their response. How how dare you, they're being asked. Who are you? The response was this. There is salvation in no one else. For there is no other name under heaven given among men by which we must be saved. They're clarifying that you can do whatever you want. But unless it's by faith in that one name. So important is justification by faith alone in Christ alone. I read and I believe as many others have before me. That this, this statement of salvation. Justification by faith alone is the article upon which a church stands or falls. We talk about the basics of our doctrinal integrity. This is one of them right here absolute martin luther went so far as to say if the church does not get this right the church ceases to be an authentic church if the church denies or obscures the doctrine of justification by faith alone it is no longer a christian body ow and sadly sadly there are many that are still what Proclaiming there's justification by other means other than faith alone in Christ alone. How can we know this by looking at the testimony of others? But how does this work? How, like, OK, so still, how does this apply? In the news, we have watched a litany of pardons in the news recently. And it's really not that uncommon. In the final days or weeks of one's presidency. Basically, it's when one exercises, they have executive clemency and they pardon a convicted person. In a sense, what you're forgiven and you can be set free. Now, think about this. While justification at some level involves forgiveness, what Jesus does for us is so much more, so much more. It's referred to, and I think this helps us understand, it's referred to as a forensic declaration. Forensic declaration. Think courtroom drama. My wife, Wendy, for years loves a courtroom drama. Because I love her, I will sit through them on occasion, but I will admit, not a lot. So it's, it's the classics, as far as more recent, the NCIS and CSI and JAG and Law and Order. But in a sense, it basically, this is what, they're basically, they're all the same. So what happens here is that you have the accused who is standing before the judge, Accused always has it's a, really, like a really pathetic, sad look because they're accused. Like, there's no hope. It's really bad. Then you break for commercial. It's dark. This commercial comes back. You know what? Somebody, the door opens and somebody comes running into the courtroom. It happens all the time. And, and they're waving a piece of paper like, I got some last minute evidence here. Like, this never happened before. Sure enough, a forensic test was conducted and the DNA doesn't match. The shoe print was way too small. That guy's a lot bigger. Like you didn't put this thing together before. There's, there's, there's something that has been added that was not known before. The strand of hair was from a def- different ethnicity. So there's actual physical proof. They, they examine it. You're exonerated. You're set free. And there's the the courtroom setting where there's cheers and there's tears and high fives. And then you go to another commercial. You know, in, in the scriptures, God makes a judicial declaration about a person before he makes his judgment. Therefore, justification is not just a pardon, but it is an act whereby God declares a person just, and upon that act, they are what? Righteous in his sight. It's something that God does in full and final authority. He's the only one who has the authority to do that. The challenge for us in understanding this is is the fact that we still stand on the grounds that we are all, we just read it still sinners we're still stuck you know where the good news is this is really interesting you'll be fascinated by this this is interesting it's in the word the actual word justification in the translation that you read this morning it's in the actual word years ago literally hundreds of years ago you know that the bible was written in latin That was the one that Rome used, the Roman Catholic Church used and promoted and taught from. What's interesting, whenever we got that word justification, they translate it with the Latin word ustificari, ustificari. And it literally translates to make righteous, to make righteous. We don't read the Bible in Latin. Our English translation comes what it comes from a Greek where the word is and it literally means to declare righteous. There's a difference to make righteous and declare righteous. Why is this important because we need to know we can never be made righteous in our own strength. That's what the Jewish leaders were trying to teach. That's what the Roman Catholic Church was And still does continue to teach but we read earlier way back earlier in chapter 3 by the deeds of the law no flesh will be justified in his sight therefore what in simple terms that is needed for today the only righteousness that is sufficient for us to stand before the judgment of God is the righteousness of Christ this is the gift We love gifts. This is the grace that is spoken of. And we know that when we read and hear the fact that God put forth, God offered his own son, and here's a $9 word for you, propitiation. It's not a common word, but it's a very, very important word for us to understand when it comes to our salvation. The word propitiation means the turning away of anger. By offering as a gift, God out of love, out of pure love in who he is, turned what? The wrath that was to be directed at you and me. And he steered that, and he placed that, and he pushed that on his own son. That's how much he loves you. John Murray taught at Westminster, he says this, it's a passing over. Passing over is not justification. Justification requires a propitiation that fully satisfies and vindicates God's justice. Place it like this. It's one thing for you to say, I love you. Husband, it's one thing for you to tell your wife or for you to, to stand and tell your mother, any one of you. I love you. And it's a totally different thing to then stand in front of them and take a bullet for them. Big difference between the two. Oh, I love you! But you don't let your wife hold the remote control while you're watching a movie. Like, you have to hold that. Do do you really love? It's it's a big thing to say, I love you. It's a bigger thing to sacrifice yourself. That's ultimately, is what God has done for you. That's the measuring of His, that is the heart of the gospel. That's why we take this message of hope, of hope and good news to everyone. We can't be silent about it. That's why we rest in this and trust in this. That's why we celebrate, which brings us really to our final point. Righteousness. Enjoyed. This was all of this was to show God's righteousness. Because in his divine forbearance, forbearance, he had passed over our former sins. So, so everything that we've heard about, everything that we've seen, all of God's grace to us, all of God's gifting, his giving. Jesus suffering, Jesus sacrificing, Jesus bleeding and dying, paying for your sin and my sin so we could be saved, so we can be safe. All of that, everything that has taken place is all for what? It's all to show the righteousness of God. You could actually use the term to show off the righteousness of God. But automatically we think show off and we go into like that fleshly fallen way. We think of showing off in a sense of, yeah, you're showboating. You're, you're swaggering and, and strutting in smugness. That's how we think about showing off. In baseball, you watch the ball over the fence, okay? And it's called a bat flip. You flip your bat and you kind of strut off. That's just showboating. You're going to get hit in the head the next time you go up the plate. You don't showboat you don't strut high school you get a new sweater and you just kind of walk slower down the hallway so everyone sees your new sweater it's you wanting to be the last one to arrive at the party because then everyone can look at you you see we we att- we tend to see this showing off and and that's That's our own arrogance. That's his boasting and bragging in our own flesh. Because we are innately prideful and sinful and selfish. But but think about in the perfect righteousness of God. Because of his divine forbearance. Forbearance is a great word for just his patience with us. He has been so patient with us. He has passed over our sins. Through the shed blood of his own son. Thus justifying us apart from any merit. Any effort on our own. Thus what? This declares the glory of God. In perfect perfection. For all to see. For everyone to see. But for you to enjoy. Because you know it applies to you. There's nothing. There's nothing greater than this. Um, Thursday, Christmas Eve day. I was reading, it was quiet in my office. It's just, it just a delight. And I was reading uh, my, my Bible reading plan for um, the end of the year. Christmas Eve would be December 31st. I was in Deuteronomy, so it kind of tells you I'm a bit of a slow reader. There's my Bible reading plan for the year I'm in Deuteronomy. I was reading in, in Deuteronomy chapter 28, listen very carefully. And if you faithfully obey the voice of the Lord, your God, being careful to do all of his commandments that I command you today, the Lord, your God, will set you high above all the nations of the earth. And all of these blessings shall come upon you and overtake you. All of the blessings of God. And he goes on, if you obey the voice of the Lord, blessed shall you be in the city, blessed shall you be in the field. Blessed shall be the fruit of your womb, the fruit of your ground, the fruit of your cattle, the increase of your herds, the young of your flock. I don't have any flocks and herds. He continues on. Blessed shall be your basket and your kneading bowl. I've never needed anything in my need it. K-N-E-A-D. Need it. I've never needed flour, dough. What is this speaking about? Blessed shall you be when you come in, and blessed shall you be when you go out. And what I thought about is this whole concept that it brings everything into perspective. Now, this is not to be sadly, people have misused this, misrepresented, mistaught that, that that's prosperity gospel. That's not, pros, okay, that's not what it's talking about here. That's prosperity garbage. We don't teach that. But, but what that, that, simple concept was the fact that as we kind of open the door we kind of slowly to 2021 hoping for god to do more and that's really what everyone is hoping 2020 was is just so like it was so hard so we're hoping for god to actually do more in 2021 rather than looking at everything that god has already done all of these blessings shall overtake you You are overcome by blessing. Don't look for any more. Don't look for anything else. You're overcome by the fact that what? God has blessed you by imparting, imputing to you his own righteousness. God has blessed you by offering his own son to die in the place that you and I deserve to die. God has blessed you by justifying us as sinners. God has blessed us by offering us his grace. And yet at some level we have the audacity to say, God, just please do more. Please do more. Wait a minute. We put our faith in Christ alone, by faith alone. We are set forever and ever and ever and ever overcome by blessing. I don't don't think we pause on the sacrifice of what God has done for us enough. I honestly don't. I think we're too busy. I get too busy. I got things to do, like boxes to check off. Two, two, Two weeks ago this morning, Sunday morning, 7 7 30 in the morning um, family was busy or excited just about Christmas to come my son-in-law received a phone call and immediately sitting on the couch his countenance just changes like it just just changes and it's one of those phone calls that you don't want to get Um, his, one of his best friends, he literally had lunch with him the day before when he was home visiting. His best friend, that very morning, was driving um, with his wife and three kids to, to see her family. And they were on I-80 and he's passing a truck. We would all do that early in the morning. And as he, he's passing a truck and he comes over a hill, there's another truck that had had an accident that is literally blocking both lanes. There's no place to go. There's the girder. There's no place. There's a truck in front of them. He has, what, a half a second, two seconds? And, and, and out of natural instinct, what does a father do? What does a husband do? He, he literally accelerates to get by the truck to cut in front of it knowing that he would not survive. And he took the, the weight of the entire truck and was killed instantly and his wife and three kids walked away. Instantly. Like Two, three days before Christmas. 32 years old. Like at some level, that's, as they said in his funeral, that's who he was. He just, he lived for other people. He lived to sacrifice. It's the ultimate example. He died, so now all three of his kids will grow up. And his wife walked away safe. In gut-wrenching heartache, we have before us an example. That's what love looks like. I, I'll die so that those who I love can live. That's really, that's how we're overcome by the blessing of what God has done for us. There is no greater message. Understand the craziness of all of the news and what's going on. There's no greater single message to hold on to as we open the door and walk through the first week of the first year. First, first week of a new year. We are overcome by the blessing of God that He out of sheer love for us, took his own righteousness, and what? Put it upon us, declaring it our own. Put our faith in Jesus, thus justifying us and being declared right in the presence of a holy God. I hope this morning, not only do you have a better understanding of what God has done, but you have a reminder to hold that tightly as you continue into this year overcome by the blessing of God's righteousness. Father, we love you, and we thank you for who you are. We thank you for your patience, your forbearance with us. God, help us to continue to learn and grow and to declare, to make known your love to others that you've made known to us. In your name we pray. Amen.